Hey, Crossroads. I am really excited that Lamoris Crawford is with us this weekend. Here's the deal. I'm bummed that I can't be there. I'm down here in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm doing a spiritual renewal weekend for the Nashville First Church of the Nazarene. And while I'm honored to be here, you guys are in for a treat. I had the chance to witness Lamoris in action with the Cincinnati Bengals this fall, and I love his ministry. And so today, when we're done with our service, we're going to be receiving a love offering to support his ministry. And I'm going to ask, number one, that you give generously so we can continue supporting the ministry and the impact he's having on high-level leaders. And secondly, I want you to give a huge welcome to my dear friend Lamoris Crawford as he comes on stage to bring the word today. Give it up for Lamoris Crawford. What up, peeps? Everybody good? Well, as always, it's an honor to be here. I never take it lightly. I feel home when I come here. And um, thank you for always uh, being generous and um, kind to my family and I. And thank you as a church for supporting our ministry. We can't do it without you. We believe that the most influential people on the planet are athletes. Because all the rappers, all the actors, all the entertainers go to football games. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and so we believe uh, if we can get them loving Jesus, they can change the world. And so the, the number one watched televised event on American soil is the Super Bowl. And so if we can get them saying Jesus, we believe revival can break out. So your church helped support us in doing that. So thank you. And then thirdly, man, y'all pass the rocks, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't take it lightly when you got a good pastor, because there's some shady dudes out there, you feel me? Um, so just know y'all spoiled. Uh, he came and did chapel for me this season, and he killed it. Like, for real. Like, I, like I might not invite him back. Like, <laughs> like, everybody's like, yo, Pastor Tim, man, he was awesome. I was like, that's my friend, dog. I, and so just know that our team embraced him, man. He killed it. Our coaches, everybody loved him. And so just know that your support and what you're doing is going a long way. And, um, man, thank you. So sincerely, thank you for your generosity to my family and I. We can't do it without you. So we are in a series, Seven Deadly Sins. So I got week two talking about greed. So I'm going to read the text. I'll pray. And then we're going to let God do whatever he want to do. Come on, somebody. Like, we can't be coming to church with our agenda. Like, you can't receive on your own agenda. Like, you got to come to church like God. Whatever you want to do, you do. That's the true mark of a believer, that you're hungry for what God wants to do, not what you want. Right? Stop coming to church being all picky, like the coffee and, and snacks and <laughs> can't believe the worship was that loud. And, like, man, just come ready to receive. God will feed you. Come on. And I'm talking about like eternal food, like stuff you still go home talking about. You know what I mean? You ever been to a good restaurant you got to tell everybody? It should be like that with Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good, right? You should be telling everybody about that, dude. You feel me? All right, let's read the text really quick. We'll pray, talking about greed. So we're going to be in Mark, Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 17. It says, now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack. Everyone say one thing. One thing, one thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up your cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word. Everyone say this word. And went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I invite you in this place. You will not be grieved. You will not be offended. I give you complete reign and authority. Holy Spirit, I ask you to articulate the Father's heart 
through my voice to your people. I pray that every ear is open, every heart is open, every mind is open to receive that which you have for us. Father, we ask for manna from heaven. So I pray, Father, not my will, but your will be done. In this place today, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Seven deadly sins. Greed. The great theologian Charlie Brown once said, most of us live just about one cookie away from being happy. Most of us live about one cookie away from being happy. Greed can be defined as an intense and selfish desire for something, especially wealth, power, or food. I'm going to tap down on another side of a definition of greed. It goes further. It says greed is ugly, it's insatiable, and gives us, catch this, the origin of the word greed is the old English word called or named or said to be gradig, G-R-A-E-D-I-G, or voracious, which means always hungry for more. So greed is always hungry for more. A person can be insatiably hungry for money, but also, and this is important, for fame, possessions, attention, compliments, gifts, another person's time. So most of the time when we talk about greed, we talk about possessions, money, which in this context today we will. But don't get it twisted. The spirit of greed calls for more in other areas. Attention. Come on, somebody. Don't not raise your hand or once you post something every 16 seconds, you see how many likes you get. <laughs> Do not raise your hand. Come on. Or how many retweets, right? There's something about sin nature and greed that craves more. And let me tell you, it will never be satisfied. Some of us are so greedy for attention, we're willing to compromise our standards for a relationship. There isn't one relationship worth compromising your integrity, your purity, your name. But see, when you operate in the spirit of greed, it controls your life. But we know that greed is a fruit. You can't have fruit without a seed. So today I hope to get to the root of why greed operates in our lives. So let's go to our text and let's, let's look at what happened with our homie. Everyone say our homie. So the Bible says that this brother, Jesus was going through a town. The Bible says he came running and he knelt down. Now, right off the bat, we think, all right, this brother, he about right. Come on. Some of us run and kneel down in church, but really where our hearts at? See, his outward appearance showed that he humbled himself, but once we see his heart, we're going to really see who he is. See, your heart is the determining factor of who you really are. Jesus said, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So it doesn't matter what you say. It's how you walk this thing out. So on the outside, this brother running to Jesus, and he knelt before Jesus. So on the outside, it looked like he got it together. Come on, you come to church thinking you got it together. But I pray every week we leave church, something happens in our heart because that's who we really are. Christianity is, about, is not about behavior modification. It's about heart transformation. So once you work on your heart, the rest to come out. So on the outside, this brother looking good, but we're going to see he's struggling. Come on. So he came, he knelt down. Catch this. The Bible says he asked him, good teacher, what shall I do? Everyone say, I do. What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? What shall I do? Are you kidding me? What if greed is blocking him from asking the right question? Catch this. He said, what must I do? Greed is always attached to I. When we look 
even in the definition that I gave you, let's look at how many eyes are in some of the words of greed. Intense, selfish, desire, something, insatiable, voracious. I and greed go together. Because when you operating in the spirit of greed, it's all about you. And let me tell you, your boo-boo stink like everybody else's. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Our lives are not about us. This brother off the back is asking the wrong question. Come on, somebody. Listen, he came to eternal life itself. Jesus was the Word. Listen, Jesus is the true vine. He's the bread of life. He's the way. He's the truth. There is nothing about grace and mercy that is selfish. Jesus himself is a giver. God himself is a giver. So when we come to him, we must come as we are. This brother putting on an act. What must I do? You can see greed coming out of him. He's asking the wrong question. What if he came to Jesus and the question was this? Will you help me? See, humility is the language of the kingdom. The Bible says that God resists the proud. Literally in the Greek, that means stiff arm. <laughs> now, it's one thing to get stiff arm by running back in the NFL. It's a whole nother thing to get stiff armed by God. Come on, that brother blew a nostril and split the Red Sea. <laughs> God blew a booger and split the Red Sea. Come on, somebody. Pride comes up as a stench in God's nostrils. He resists the pride, but he gives grace. So he came, what must I do? To inherit eternal. Brother, he was asking the wrong question. It should have been, Jesus, will you help me? I'm struggling. What about you and I? Do we try and justify our behavior instead of asking for help? You don't ask for help because you're weak. You ask for help because you want to remain strong. Why? Because reaching takes humility. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all saying Amen. Jesus was even merciful to him by revealing his sin to him and giving him a choice to choose him. That's why when God reveals this spirit of greed in you, don't run away, run too. Because running away keeps you in the dark. Anything in the dark keeps you bound. That's why we don't confess our sin to one another. God reveals things to heal them. You get burned. You go to the doctor. The brother going to put some ointment on it. Put a bandage on it. He's going to be like, in three days, make sure you take this off so the air can help heal it. Come on, somebody. Have anybody here kept the bandage on too long? It gets ugly and stinky under there. Come on, somebody. That's what your sin does. That's what greed does. Whenever we keep it hidden, this should be the freest place on the planet. But you know what? We judge each other too much. The single mom come here and the married ladies look down on her. The crackhead come here and we look down on them. Now, you can't be rocking a shirt to say you are loved if we ain't going to live it. It is quiet in this room. <laughs> God wants to reveal something in this young man's life that's going to bring freedom to his life because he's bound by greed. Let's read the text. I love this. He comes to Jesus thinking that salvation is something to which he can obtain by performing. There's nothing you can do to earn salvation. Nothing. You ain't that pretty. Your bank account ain't that deep. Your swag ain't that fresh. There's nothing you can do to earn salvation. It comes by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. He paid the price that you could not. That's why it's nothing you can do to earn it. Because if you can earn it, you can determine the value of it. And the blood is priceless. 
Come on, somebody. That's why he was perfect and lived a life you couldn't. Because he died to death, you couldn't. He rose again in which you couldn't do. Come on, somebody. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father for you. Because we couldn't. So there's nothing we could do to earn it. It takes humility. Jesus, will you help me? Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need help. Come on, somebody. Grace is always offered for sin. Mercy is always available for sin. Forgiveness is always available for sin. But we must humble ourselves, put the eyes down, and simply ask for help. Look at this verse. Proverbs 119 says, So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owner. So number one, greed steals life. Not just life on earth. It also robs you of eternal life. Come on. Greed robs of life. The Bible says that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. This brother, I remember God gave me a picture of that one time. My dog was outside. We got a mini golden doodle named Diesel. I never thought I could love a pet the way I do this dude, man. I wasn't raised with dogs. It took me 10 years to, for my wife to convince me to get it. Man, this dude like a fifth child. <laughs> anyway, he was out there digging for something. And this brother went past roots. He put up rocks, dirt. This brother, I was like, what in the world? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's exactly what Satan does to get the word out of your heart. He would dig past everything just to get the word. Mark chapter 4. So when you're going through stuff, stop taking it personal. The only reason why we take things personal when Satan attacks us is because we're not in the Word. But when you're in the Word, you know he's coming for the Word. So it's not personal. So he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Come on. That's heaven and earth. Come on, somebody. So greed will steal life and eternal life. But Jesus came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Come on, somebody. Preaching myself happy. So look at it. He said, Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good but God. His perception was jacked up. He says, verse 19, you know the commandments. Everyone say, you know. You know the commandments. Count with me. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Brother, that's still four. we still got four commandments left. So Jesus runs off six commandments. This brother stood up like, I've been killing it. <laughs> Say that again, Jesus. What? I've been killing it. So that's what gets me to turn life. I'm good. This brother ain't even realized that's four left. <laughs> so let's look at the four he didn't do. Come on, somebody. Why? Because greed is deceptive. Greed justifies and tells you what you're doing justifies your actions. But it doesn't. Because we will never be able to measure up to God through the law. It's by grace. Oh, it's so good. It ain't about what you do. It's about sitting, submitting to the one who did it. Catch this. Look at this. So let's go to the first commandment. You shall not, what? Have no other gods before me. This brother had money as a god. Come on, somebody. It was a god in his life. Isn't it amazing that Jesus didn't look at him and name the ones he didn't do? That's called mercy. That's why Jesus don't point out your sin. He reveals it to heal it. Now, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're feeling condemned, you got to question if you're in him. Or are you doing it under your own strength? Greed tells you, I got this. But this brother had a false God. 
in his life. And if you read all through the Old Testament, you know what God got God angered the most? False gods. Come on. Where is money in your life? It is a God to you. You slave for it. You worship it. You got $100 bills in your living room that you lay down to. This brother got an issue. He's got a false God and it's called mammon. Come on, somebody. We know what the text says. What did Jesus say? You can't serve God and? You can't. This brother is serving mammon, but he think he good because he's doing five commandments. Come on, somebody. What about you? I go to church. I'm in a small group. Come on, brother. It ain't about performance. It's about grace. So we know this brother at least got a false God in his life. Let's look at the second commandment. You shall not make for yourself a carved image. This brother probably got a, a come on, a, a mantle. I know his mantle. He got a dollar bill cast in stone. Come on, somebody. At his crib. What are we worshiping? We worship him at a God with eyes that can't see, with ears that can't hear, mouth that can't talk. What statues do we have in our life? What things are we worshiping that can't respond to us? This brother's struggling because greed has him bound. What images do we have in our lives that have us bound? Let's go to the next one. Come on. He said, you should not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Now, we've been taught that that verse mean when you curse, that's using God's name in vain. That is not the context of this commandment. As a matter of fact, the true context of the commandment is God delivered his people out of slavery. He gave them these commandments. He circumcised them to stand out and be different. So when people say, who are you? We say, we worship the God of creation. Why? Because at all that time, they had all type of false gods. So in order for God to stand out, he did something supernatural in his people. That's why all the wonderings in the desert was supernatural. So then people say, then you get to Joshua, you Rahab say, we heard. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. (laughs) Remember when the spies got to Rahab's crib, the prostitute who's in Jesus' lineage? Come on, somebody. It ain't over for you. A prostitute is in his lineage. There's nothing you can do to separate yourself from God's love. Come on, I don't know who that was for. It ain't no one for you. God can do in your life in five minutes what you can do in 80 years. They get to her house and she said, we are scared because we heard what your God did for you. So God delivered them, circumcised them. And so when people ask, who is this God? They can say, Jehovah, the Lord. When they did not live up to the commands of the Lord, they was misrepresenting God. In other words, living his name in vain. So when you talk like a Christian, when you go to church like a Christian, but you don't live like one, you're using his name in vain. So this brother, because of greed, can't even live out the commandments he say he's living. It is quiet in this room. (laughs) That's why it's grace. Performance-based Christianity will let you down every night because you can't measure up. Just admit it, we can't measure up. Once we get there, we can live. It's by grace how I measure up. What is grace? Grace is an empowerment from God to do what he called you to do. Grace empowers. Come on. That's why it ain't performance-based, because I can't, brother, I can't do it. You can't either. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Come on, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It's about him. Keep going to the next commandment. So this brother got false God. This brother got a, come on, an image somewhere in his crib. Come on, he ain't living what he's saying. Then keep the Sabbath. 
his brother working seven days a week because greed is pulling him thinking the almighty dollar is going to save him. If this ain't America, I don't know what else is. We're in a materialistic world where it's all about me. Get yours. I'm going to get mine. And let me tell you, brother, I can't find the Joneses. Everybody living up to the Joneses, brother, I can't find them nowhere. And I know a lot of Joneses. Come on, somebody. The world wants you to live up to a picture that is false. Because as soon as you get the stuff, you'll find out. You Listen, I work with multimillionaires who have no peace in their soul. Think of the best car you can think of. I've seen it. Think of the biggest house. I've seen it. One of my players just built a four and a half million dollar house in Florida on a whatever waterfront or something. Thank God he loves Jesus. What the heck are you going to do with a four and a half million dollar house? You can't take it with you. Come on. Now God wants you to be blessed when you honor him. Because believe it or not, Satan can bless you because we don't understand the word blessed. Blessed in the original language just means happy. So Satan will give you stuff so you can be happy. But Christianity isn't built on happiness. It's built on joy because happiness is circumstantial. Come on, let you be short a month on your bills. Brother, you ain't happy. But joy is eternal. It's inside. We are fueled by something we can't see because we walk by and not by, come on, somebody. The joy of the Lord is your strength, the scripture says. So if you're weak, maybe your joy is low. What did Jesus say in John? Connect with me so your joy may be full. We got people running on E because you think stuff going to make you happy or going to bring you joy. Tell my players all the time, when you die, there will not be a U-Haul truck attached to your casket. <laughs> you can't take none of it with you. And you're about to leave it to some knuckleheads. <laughs> well, if you're old in this room later in your years, and you got knucklehead kids, ain't serving the Lord, don't leave them your stuff. Leave it to me. I'll give you my social security number before I leave here. <laughs> I will steward it well, and I will change the world. <laughs> and I'm serious. Come on, somebody. You mean to tell me all the years you worked for, you're going to throw it away because that's your son? Mm-mm. I'll be your son. <laughs> Told my father-in-law, brother, you better get it right. Come on, somebody. I'm out here changing the world. You better leave that 70 Maverick to me. Come on. <laughs> I'm trying to take my wife out on a date. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we don't lay up treasures on earth. We lay them up in heaven by what we do on earth. So if greed has you bound, you got to let it go. There's nothing you can accumulate in your life that brings you joy. Now, you might be happy because you could drive a, pay a nice car or live in a nice house. Come on, somebody. But that don't bring you joy. Jesus is after joy. Because whom... Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It doesn't say who Benjamin Franklin set free or George Washington. Y'all, come on, somebody. So this brother working on the Sabbath. To take a Sabbath is a command. Even God took a Sabbath today. God took a day off. God didn't need to take no day off. Come on, somebody. He took a day off as an example for you and I. We need the rest because we in the flesh. Listen, you are a spirit that has a flesh. You are a spirit being first. You need the flesh to operate on the earth. That's why when this earth suit dies, B, you go somewhere. There's only two spaces in eternity, heaven and hell. There's the let me repeat that. There's only two spaces in eternity. Heaven with God, hell with Satan and his demons. 
what you do on the earth determines where you go. So you don't get to live your life like hell thinking you're going to go to heaven. It don't matter what you believe. It matters what's truth. Come on, somebody. I've never been to Russia. Never stepped foot on the soil of Russia. But I know it's cold there in the winter. I don't have to experience that to believe it. You don't have to experience. Come on, somebody. It's by faith. So when you die, you going somewhere. Whether you now, you could deceive yourself to say, I'm a good person. Jesus just told this young brother, there's no one good but God. I could prove none of us good. How many of us, by a show of hands, has ever stolen, stolen anything? But if you don't raise your hand, I'm drop kicking you. <laughs> a pen, paper clip, piece of candy, sunflower seed. Come on. How many of us has ever told a lie? Come on. Ain't none of us good. Listen to me. Because if you break one of God's command, that puts you out of eternity. There is no sin in heaven. That's why Jesus died. So none of us are good. There's nothing you can do. Well, I, I, and we make a list. Well, I, don't, I never murdered nobody. I never committed adultery. I don't steal no Brother, if we can have a screen of the thoughts in our minds, ain't none of us making heaven. Come on, somebody. The Bible says that Jesus washed away all of our sin. That's why we got to be in him. He's the gatekeeper to eternity. I don't know who that was for, but that wasn't in my notes. We got to remember the Sabbath. You need to take a day where you don't do nothing. It's a commandment. My Sabbath day, be on do nothing. Bro, I roll up on the couch and watch Disney Plus or something. <laughs> About it. Let the dog out, take out the garbage. Other than that, brother, I'm chilling. Why? It's a command. And you need to rest. This brother, working eight days a week. Come on, when you're in business, that's what you do. Why? Because greed is his God. Greed is his idol. What's the next one? He said, you shall not covet. What is this brother coveting? His cash. Do you realize how important the tithe is? You want to step out of greed, start tithing. It's not yours anyway. The tenth is proof that you are stewarding what God has blessed you with. As a matter of fact, when you tithe, you circumcise the 90. When God circumcised the children of Israel, it was a cutting away of excess flesh. Any excess flesh in our life kills us. Read Romans. Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians. It was a picture of what was to come. In the Old Testament, God cut away the flesh. New Testament, when we're born again, he cuts off the flesh. Greed, pride, lust, envy, seven death. Are y'all with me? <laughs> so when you tithe, you circumcise the ninety. The reason why we don't tithe is because we don't trust God. And that's just the truth. God can do more with your little measly 10% than you ever could. It's quiet in this room. So greed steals life and eternal life. And then greed does not love. This brother had no capacity to love. Catch this. Giving is rooted in love. For God so the world that he Giving is rooted in love. Everything you have, God gave you. 
the very oxygen in your lungs God gave you because he loves you. The home, the car, everything. Your ability to get wealth in Deuteronomy, the Bible says God has given you the power because he loves you. Why? Giving is rooted in love. This brother has no capacity to love because of the idol of greed. The false god of greed. Working eight days a week. Coveting. Come on, what are the things you covet? I remember my first year as a chaplain. My wife, I don't know what she was thinking. Bless her soul. <laughs> bought a, a yellow two-door cobalt. <laughs> not black. Not blue. I would even took gray. I mean, when I say yellow, I mean yellow. <laughs> and I pulled in that parking lot, parked next to a Lamborghini. <laughs> Brother, talking about the spirit of covet, I should have just stolen and joy rode it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I remember I came to a game this season, and one of our players had like a new Benz, and he left the lights on. You know, it's a push button. So, you know, being a good chaplain that I am, I mean, I, had to, I got in the car to turn it off. Brother, I didn't want to get out. <laughs> Come on. All of us have areas that we're tipped in when it comes to greed. I don't care who you are. But just because you're tempted does not mean you have to enter. Pray that you enter not temptation. When I pray that in my prayers, I pray, Lord, don't let me come to the door of it. Because you can only be succumbed by the temptation that you enter. You're human. Thoughts are going to come. But you are not your thoughts. But the more you let the thoughts foster in your mind, that's when temptation is more tempting. Catch this. You can't be tempted by something you don't desire. Y'all may have heard me say this before. Put some... Food Network, guy, name anybody. Garicelli, I don't know their names. Let them brothers cook up and saute some asparagus. I'll laugh in their face. <laughs> I mean, butter, salt, pepper. Come on, saute. Put the little garnish on the side. Brother, there ain't no temptation. <laughs> I kicked them asparagus so quick. <laughs> but let one of them open a pack of Swiss rolls. Brother, you talking about fighting temptation? <laughs> Asparagus? <laughs> Swiss rolls? You got my attention. Why? I desire it. I don't desire asparagus. You change your desires, you change what tempts you. Well, how do I change my desires, Lamores? By you meditating on the word. The Bible says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. When we read that verse, we think if we, if we desiring something, we're desiring something. If I delight in the Lord, he'll give me this desire. That's what we think it is when we read that verse. The context of the verse is this. If you delight yourself in the Lord, through prayer, meditating on God's word, worship, being in community, he will give you desires that you didn't even know you had. So he'll put in my heart a desire for something. Do you see the difference? So if you're dealing with cigarettes, pornography, cursing, food, the more you delight yourself in the Lord, he will change that desire. It's quiet in this room. But we don't. We don't. Your transformation only comes by getting a new heart. The Bible says in the Old Testament that God wants to take out our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. John 3, Jesus said what? You must be born again. That word born again means you need a new heart. You need a regenerated heart. God must do open heart surgery on you. Once God put in a new heart, your spirit man's born again. The issue is our soul. 
I'm about to preach. You, listen, remember the example I gave you? You are a spirit with the flesh. I want y'all to think about this, right? Neil Armstrong goes on the moon. Whatever, all my conspiracy theorists in the room, just bear with me, all right? <laughs> Neil Armstrong going on the moon, right? Video, we could see that brother in the suit. We can't see that brother. Now, how do we know he's in there? The suit's moving. Are y'all, boy, I know you have a spirit because I can see you move. The moment you stop moving, B, that spirit is free. When Neil Armstrong landed on the earth, that brother didn't have on a space suit. He was himself. You are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. When you get married, you're not arguing because you've been born again. You're arguing because you got wounds in your soul. It is quiet in this room. When the traumatic events happen in your life, we just came off a marriage retreat when a couple was, a girl was um, um, taken advantage of as a little girl and brought her into the marriage without dealing with it. So they're wondering why they button heads. She had a wounded soul. Right? When you meditate on the word, you confess the word of God, you speak the word of God, you renew your mind to the word of God, he heals your soul. That's how your desires change. Why? Because desires is something of the will. The Holy Spirit will help will you. All right, all right. Jesus, the Son of God. Man, I'm about to jump down here. Jesus, the Son of God. Emmanuel means what? God with us. God himself in the flesh, walking on the earth, manifested as the Son of God, right? He's in the garden sweating great drops of blood, and he prays his prayer. Father, take this cup away from me. Wait, what? Jesus was the Holy Spirit. How do I know that? One, they're one. Three and one. Two, when Mary was pregnant, Brother Joseph ain't hit that. (laughs) She was impregnated by the Holy Ghost. He is fully Spirit God, fully man. But he's in a garden sweating blood. He was anguished in his soul. Jesus had to bend his will to death. Are y'all hearing me? Never complain about what you permit. You have to bend your will through the Spirit and the Word of God not to be tempted by stuff that's killing you. Just because you come to church don't mean you're going to be free. You got to fight. Some of y'all only worship on Sunday mornings and wonder why you're feeling depressed. You haven't exchanged the spirit of happiness for the garment of praise. Worship in the mornings. You got to live it. That's how you're changed. This brother can't live it. He's bound by greed. It's too quiet in this church. Let me hurry up. So greed steals life and eternal life. Greed does not love. Because giving is rooted in love and he's stingy. Let's look at the text. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. And Jesus looked at him, loved him, loved him, loved him. In his sin, Jesus loved him. Come on, you're not disqualified. He loves you. Isn't it amazing Jesus didn't look at him and tell him the ones he did break? Thank God for grace. That's the God you serve. That's the God we serve. And if you don't know him, we're going to remedy that in a few minutes. Don't even worry about it. But he said this, verse 21, Then Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, One thing you lack. What? Brother, you did your little six commandments. You still lacking one thing. What was the one thing he was lacking? Love. Love. See, the natural answer would be generosity, which is true. But what is giving really then? 
Man, if y'all don't walk away with one thing this morning, that's what it better be. Love. You want to overcome greed? Love people. How many of you guys ever watched that show, American Scam and Greed and Scam, on CNBC? Anybody? I love that show. No, for real. I do. It tells the stories of people who was greedy. Ponzi schemes, CEOs, right? Their families are wrecked, businesses are wrecked, futures are wrecked, they're in prison. Why? Lack of love. Who is love? God is love. What did John say? How do people know we know God? First John, because we love others. See, when you have a spirit of greed on you, you can't love because you take advantage of people, deceive them. And not just money. Remember, whose time are you robbing because you're greedy? Whose attention are you stealing because you're greedy? Whose attention I'm stealing because I'm greedy? Ain't none of us exempt from it. That's why we need grace and mercy and humility. Ain't none of us got it up. Nobody has it together but one. I'm almost done. Number three. Greed steals purpose. Listen to what Jesus said. This one thing you like, go your way, sell. Everyone say sell. So he was a businessman. So in his, Jesus allowed him to stay in his gift by selling. Every person in this room is born with the gift. The question is, are you honoring him with it? That's the difference. Do all things wholeheartedly unto the Lord, not for yourself. The moment you give your gift back to God by honoring him, when you do your work, he blesses it. So he ain't even telling us, get out of business. He was finna tell him to use your gift for the kingdom. Oh my gosh, that'll preach. Sell, everyone say sell. Sell whatever you have, which he would have gained a profit. Are are y'all hearing me? So he would have got a profit from selling it, right? Second thing, what did he tell him to do? And what? Give to the poor. What? You know what my Bible says? He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, lends to the Lord, lends to the Lord. And he, the Lord, will pay back what he has given. So he gets a profit from selling. Then Jesus is trying to set him up on earth. Give some to the poor, you're going to get a blessing. That's why you need to tithe. So God is compounding blessings from heaven. Satan can bless you. You see it in the industry all the time. He took Jesus up on a high mountain and promised him something. Even though he was a lie, he was going to do it. How do we know that? The son of perdition, the Antichrist, is going to rule the world. Satan's going to give it to him. When Adam sinned, he gave the keys of the world to Satan. That's why Jesus is coming back to rule and reign. He's taking it back. But in the spirit, we have reign because of the resurrection of Christ. Satan rules the world. We have authority over Satan in the spirit. Are y'all hearing me? Do y'all read your Bible? Does that make sense? Man, y'all got me coming out my microphone, man. Hey, <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So if you're going to be in the spirit, you got to fight in the spirit, not in the natural. Thanks, broski. That makes sense. Right? So Jesus has now given us that authority. Are y'all with me? So God is setting them up on earth. Sale. Bam. Blessing. Give to the board. Bam. Blessing. Let's look at the second half. Are y'all ready? I'm almost done. I promise. I promise. My third closing. I'm a black preacher. Oh, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. All right. So listen, 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 listen. So then the third, what did he say? You give to the poor and you will have treasure where? In heaven. Right? So now he's sending treasures ahead of himself. 
When you die, don't get to heaven broke. <laughs> then he says, and come, take up your cross and follow me. Hold up, hold up. Look how Jesus ended. Whenever Jesus had someone follow him, he made them what? An apostle. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Could this brother have been the replacement for Judas? Jesus knew Judas would betray him and he put him on the team anyway. Come on. What about you and I? There's greater hope for you and I. Judas get, hangs himself. If this brother would have humbled himself, took the greed God, the idol God of greed out of his life. Come on. Judas handled the money in the ministry. He was a businessman. God wants you to live out your purpose, but greed will steal it. He couldn't fulfill the calling as a disciple because of greed. Look at the last verse and I'm done. But he was sad at this word. What was he sad at? The word. How do you respond to the word? He was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. God don't care if you have stuff. Just don't let the stuff have you. If you have anything in your life that you cannot give away, you might be dealing with a spirit of greed. And I mean anything. Maybe you hear, you, you, you can't even embark on a journey of freedom because you don't have a new heart. It's only one way to get a new heart is to be born again, putting your faith, hope, and trust in Jesus Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. I'm going to give you that opportunity. Maybe you hear you don't know Jesus. Maybe you come to church. Maybe you, you come here to soften your conscience or doing a good thing, but there's none good. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Do you know him? The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raises from the dead, you shall be saved. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul said, this is the gospel, that he died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again according to the scriptures. So I just want to lead you in a simple prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you, call you out. But the Bible says we must receive this by faith. So I want to challenge you in your act of faith. I'm going to count to three just to slip your hand up as an act of faith to say yes to Jesus. So if that's true, you want to say yes to Jesus, just slip your hand up. One, two, three. All over the room. Thank you. Thank you. I see him. Thank you. 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 All over the room. You guys can put your hands down. I need everyone as a family, let's pray this together so that we could take the hands of these individuals and put them in Jesus' hands, the safest place for humankind. So let's all pray this together by faith. Say, Father in heaven, I recognize that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ came to the earth and bore my sins. He was buried in the grave, yet he rose again on the third day for me. I repent of my sins and I turn to Jesus. I put my faith, I put my hope, I put my trust, and I put my life in his hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you.